This is the Grace Mott Podcast number 41. 41. Yes. And I am Apostle John Luke. I'm here with Apostle. Okay, you say it. You always do it better than I do. Duke, 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 Duke. Okay, yes. Okay, we're gonna, let's do the song. Grace Mott. Grace Mott. Grace Mott. Grace Mott. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you. you. We're here with our esteemed guest, Sarah, who was brought up in the Assemblies of God Church, and she has a story to tell. So tell us your story. Okay, so my story starts when I was in middle school. Um, and I hadn't been raised in church, but I went to live with my mom and my stepdad and they were very involved with the assemblies of God church. Um, so I went to the youth group and I went to every, every retreat, like school break, spring break, winter break. I was always doing something with church. I was on mission trips every summer. Um, I really just devoted my whole life to church and my church friends and, um, doing the church thing and trying to be the best good girl I could be. Um, and so in the early 2000s, which was when I was in church, um, there was a big push for purity culture where girls were taught that it was our main purpose in life to stay pure until marriage. Um, and that wasn't just saving yourself for marriage. That was Um, to be pure in the way that you dressed. So you could never dress in a way that would make a boy or a man um, stumble or feel lust or sin. It was our responsibility to make sure that nothing that we did, nothing that we said um, would cause anybody to stumble. Um, We were very often called stumbling blocks um, if we Mm -hmm. did something that was deemed unsavory. Um, And we were really just taught that boys had no control of themselves, no control of their minds, and that it was all on the girls to make sure that the boys stayed pure too. Um, And we were taught that we weren't supposed to date. If we dated, that we were um, dating somebody else's husband or, you know, if we had any physical contact with the other sex, that was somebody else's husband because God had ordained that person um, for a spouse. And it, if it wasn't the spouse that God had ordained to, for us, um, we were sinning. Uh, we were taught that a woman's worth really was her virginity. Um, a woman's worth was what she could do for a man, what she could bring to the table for a man, and that God wouldn't bless you. He wouldn't bless your life if you were not pure when you were married. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty, yeah, that's kind of heavy. So I remember um, our youth pastor, every February we would have series about relationships and sex and all of those things, and um, he would always do these illustrations. Um, One of the illustrations that he would do was he would bring out a white rose, and he would be like, isn't this rose beautiful? Everybody wants this beautiful white rose. And then he would pass the rose around on the front row. And then the rose would be like wilted and dirty. Um, and he would bring the rose back up and be like, girls, this is you. If you don't save yourself for marriage, nobody wants this dirty wilted rose. Um, he also had a duct tape analogy where he would take a piece of duct tape fresh um, and be like, you know, you see this duct tape, it's sticky. It'll attach to anything. 
and then he would go and stick the duct tape to boy's arms and take it off and, you know, do this five, six, seven times, and then the duct tape wouldn't be sticky anymore. Um, and that was a another example of a girl who did not remain pure until marriage. Um, he would use a bubblegum analogy where he would chew up a piece of gum. Um, he would first offer an unchewed piece of gum to somebody and be like, hey, do you want this gum? And of course they'd be like, yeah, sure, I'll take the gum. Well, then he would chew it up and then take it out of his mouth and be like, well, now do you want this gum? And of course they would say no. And that was also an analogy of a girl who did not remain pure. So this was just beat into us month after month and year after year. Um, and I remember I was, I was fully developed by the time I was a freshman in high school. And I remember we would always do these like kind of plays, but you would act out a scene to a song but I remember I was always I was always cast as like the demon or the whore or you know the woman caught in adultery and it, I was always told um I needed to wear a bigger t-shirt which I didn't dress provocatively at all um but I would be given t-shirts that were like two sizes too big for church events I would order like a medium and they would give me an extra large um and it was just stuff like that to a lot of us girls who were more shapely and more womanly at an earlier age. Um, and we were, we were pu kind of punished for it and we were held to a different standard just because of our bodies. So, okay. So this, are you okay with talking about the name of the church or, or maybe oh, yeah. not that, but it was, it was here in Oklahoma city or, um, it was actually in broken arrow, Oklahoma okay. uh, by Tulsa. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then, so I don't, I, if you're done, I want to let you done, finish, but uh, the next question I would ask is like, so where are you now? I mean, where is your, where is your, uh, stance on that now? I mean, apparently it appears you've, uh, progressed or shifted or you have a different sort of take on that. I would think I get the impression that when it was taught, you were like, okay, I see the point. Or were you always like, I just don't buy into that or I think for me um the purity thing I did buy into I really I thought I I had a really lonely childhood so when I w came into this church there was suddenly a community of people and I had friends and people that I felt like cared about me and it was really presented in a way that it was like oh these people have all of the answers to life and if I just do all of the things that they're telling me to do, then I'm going to have a good life and I'm going to be blessed and God is going to honor everything that I do. Uh, we were really just painted a picture too, that marriage was kind of the end all be all. And if you married the person that God had for you, that life would be easy. Um, so imagine my surprise when I got into the real world and that's just not the way things worked at all. Um, as I've grown and obviously become an adult, I realize that purity culture is incredibly harmful. Um, you cannot teach girls that it is their responsibility to control the thoughts of boys or grown men for that matter. Um, and I just think that teaching a girl that her worth is just tied to one small facet of who she is, is so wrong. Um, I, I think really at my heart of hearts, I never really bought a lot of the things that they were teaching. Um, like I just didn't, there were just a lot of issues that they would bring up like cultural stuff that I was just like, man, I don't agree with that. Um, but I definitely, 
it was the fear and the shame that was instilled into us. We were, you know, we were taught, they always told us that your decisions today echo in eternity. So as a 14, 15 year old kid, just trying to figure things out, I feel like, you know, I'm like, you know, I have this big brother, God, that's always watching everything that I do. And that I'm going to have to stand and answer for every impure thought or every bad decision I ever made. Um, and it really just taught me to not trust my own intuition, not to trust my gut, to always assume that I was wrong and that I was bad because they really, that was, that was really the root of it was you're a sinner in need of a savior. And if you don't do what we say and you don't have these things, then you're just going to be a horrible person. It was presented that if you weren't a part of the church, if you weren't a part of this religion, everybody who was outside of that was bad and wrong and would just lead you down a horrible path of destruction and your life would be horrible. I obviously don't believe any of that anymore. Um, I really, as I, (laughs) I met my husband when I was a senior in high school and by that point I'd stopped going to church. Um, I had lost a friend in a really tragic way my senior year and the way that the church handled that really opened my eyes to really what was going on and the way that things were. So I stopped going to church at that time. Um, and then I met my husband and I had a baby out of wedlock at 20 years old and the world did not fall apart around me. (laughs) And 11 years later, we're still happily married. Um, and he wasn't concerned about, you know, whether I had impure thoughts or not. Um, he didn't think I was, you know, a dirty used up piece of gum when he met me. So, um, I really, as I become an adult, I've slowly realized how harmful those things are. And I think that those things are taught as a way to get people in a place where they feel desperate and they feel like they're bad and that you have the answers so that they've got to keep coming to you for the answers. And it's just, it's control. And I just don't think that shaming, and I have so many friends that I've talked to that I, you know, grew up with that were in purity culture as well. And there have been so many women that have been harmed because of it, because, you know, and even the women who, you know, did what they were supposed or what they were told to do and waited until marriage, there's been so many that have been like, I have, I've had so many problems in my marriage because I still feel like I'm doing something wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that shame is just so deeply, deeply bred into you. Just to, uh, uh, John Luke did some research on spiritual abuse. And I mean, it's like, I think what maybe you looked at John Luke was maybe a little different, but this sounds like, I mean, and I, okay, so here's the deal. I grew up in a very religious home too. And, um, and I was also Pentecostal for, for, uh, years, you know, but, um, uh, it's, um, uh, and and I, you know, I I have trouble like going back and like saying, okay, uh, those people were bad. They they were doing what they knew to do. I think it's wrong, but that's and see, this is where I see where religion can be. It can be damaging, man. I mean, it's like I, I see the good in it, and I know there's good in it. But uh, 
you know, through through the through the years, okay, there's been wars, uh, battled over religion. There's been crucifixions over religions. They burn people at stake over religion, and religion has a good thing, but man, some of that kind of stuff is like that. That's not that's not healthy, okay. That's not healthy for our society because it's not it's not realistic. And to your point, I, I understand what you're saying when you're saying that. I, I can hear the arguments. If I were the pastor, I could like I could make that sermon. You know, here's a piece of gum, and you know, and 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 you you, you want you want to really make that impression on those young kids. And but but the problem is, it's like it's it's such a it's such a difficult, um, especially if you're a pretty girl. I mean, that's it'd be one thing if you were like. I don't know, but, but still it's just, I think it's just puts so much pressure on, on, on a young person that it's, that it's, I could, I can see, and John Luke, this is our mission, right? <laughs> this is our mission, man. It's, we want to get people where we can still, cause I think, I don't know how you feel, Sarah, but I feel like there, there was some value there, right? I mean, don't lie. Uh, honor your mom and dad. There's some good things in there, but it's it's some of this other stuff like that that seems like it. It's just it's I just don't see it that it's helpful. So anyway, I agree. It's a uh, what he was talking about the spiritual abuse thing. That there there are there have been churches where abuse you know abuse has gone on, not physical or anything, but what you're talking about. Um, but I think there are some denominations that what they do is spiritual abuse. I think what you went through, and I think what the Southern Baptists do is kind of spiritual abuse because you're told you have to believe all these things and you have to do all these things or you are going to hell. And what, what Apostle Duke and I have found out that there are so many people that were Christians, not because they love Jesus, or yeah, because right. they know they're doing the right thing is because they're afraid they're going to hell if they don't. Is that, is that way you were? Yeah, I definitely, um, I really, and I think that is really kind of the moment that I evaluated. What do I believe? Because I had that moment because, um, you know, I stopped going to church in high school um, and went to college, met my husband, had a baby, but then um, I actually had two babies and then, um, you know, there was a point I still, I wanted, I believed that I wanted to raise my kids in church and I wanted to do that thing. So we started to go and try to find a church. Um, and it just never, it never sat right with me because I realized that at the core of the doctrine, which is original sin, I didn't believe that I could never look my two children in the eyes and tell them you were born with something wrong with you and you have to do this in order to be good. I could never, I could never. And so it was really that moment for me that I realized that you can be a good person without going to church. You can raise good people without going to church and that 
I didn't want my entire spiritual practice to be based off of fear because even in the Bible, it tells you fear is not of God. So if I'm doing all of these things because I'm afraid, then that's not genuine and it's not authentic. And it's not something that I want to model to my children either. I agree. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of Sarah. I don't know if John Luke told you much about us, but that that's what, that's why we're here because we were in our, Sunday school class and John Luke and I, we always, we were the guys who asked the wrong questions. Like, oh, here he goes. He's going to ask. <laughs> I mostly yeah, shut up. If that's true, then how can this be, you know? And, and, and cause you're, cause you're supposed to, if you're a good Christian, you're supposed to like, you know, confirm the teaching. Oh, I agree with that. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, but we were, so we thought we're going to just make a place where we can go and just talk about stuff because I think John Luke, well, I know he does. There's some good stuff, right? I mean, there's some value in 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 being moral and stuff, but it's some of that other stuff. And the thing I was going to say was, we had a guy on here, a guest, last week, and he was in some type of purist religion, right? And so he went and hung some uh, uh, ornaments on a Christmas tree. Well, Christmas tree is like that's not God, that's like pagan, right? And so. He said what they would do in their church was the pastor would hear about it and then he would happen to just do research on what a Christmas tree represents, you know, and then they would shame them in, in those congregations, in their sermons. They would shame them and everybody knew what they were talking about. And uh, he said he said they did that kind of stuff quite frequently. And mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, it's just like you say, it's the pressure, right? The pressure. That I don't want to go to hell, so I'm gonna leave it and do the best I can, of course. But yeah, I just what you're saying it just resonates with me. I think it resonates with John Luke, and it's just and still and it's good too. I think because you still have faith, and and I think that's good, right? I mean, in God and and being good and trying to raise your kids in a good way and 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 god i in my opinion that's that's i god is pleased and looking down on you with pride in his heart and saying way to go sarah i mean you're 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 doing very well and so uh that's kind of the message i think john luke and i want to get out there is like some of the some of these very harsh teachings and are, are are just they're not healthy they're not good for people <laughs> they don't help them grow and be better you know and so anyway that's my diatribe so we're we're trying what we're talking about is forming our own church which which i've mentioned to you a little bit is i don't know if we'll ever actually do this but it'd be for people like us who like for you and your family you want to take your kids and teach them like all the good moral stuff we learned in church like how to treat other people and how to solve problems and uh, and if you want to worship God or whoever you can, but we would have just a like a congregation to get together and enjoy each other's company and bring your dog, like I said, if you wanted to have good coffee and good and good donuts, you know. And and I don't know how this is going to look, but I mean, you just think about Martin Luther. Uh, and what he did when he broke off from the Catholic Church. And, and then even you think about the Pentecostal movement, which I don't know if they taught you much about that, but it was back in what, the 40s or 50s on something street, like something. Anyway, 
Like and the revival had, broke out. Right. The revival broke out and all that. And so I, and I even think, and I'm, I'm whacked out on my religion, but I still think there's God. I think there's a God. I think he works, but, but he's always working and, and there's different directions with, and, uh, and so we want to go a different direction. We want to find, I want to find God. I want to find God and I look for him and I closer to him I've ever been when I, when I was super religious, but, um, you say you're closer uh, now. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. I just, it, it just, it's just, it's like that. It's just like that feeling, you know? And like you said, Sarah, I mean, it's like, it, it was like the chains, man. I carried the chains mm-hmm. and, 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 and that one moment, and it, it's a whole story, but anyway, where I just said, God, I just don't believe you anymore. And, and God, I think, uh, in my heart said, I already knew, I already knew, <laughs> you know, you're the one who just happened to learn it today. I always knew that you didn't believe a lot of this stuff. And when I opened up and honestly went to God and just, I just felt the chains fall off me and just all that guilty. I don't read my Bible enough and I don't tithe enough and I don't witness enough and I don't pray enough. And, and like you say, a worm, you know, it's like, it's almost like, it's almost like a badge of honor. If you go around feeling like a worm, you know, like, how you doing, bro? Oh man, I just, you know, I'm a sinner and, you know, I'm doing the best I can just kind of, anyway, I'm out of that. So, so what are you angry at those people still? Do you still carry angry at them? Or do you think they were doing what they thought was right? Or do you think they were trying to manipulate you for the purpose of control? Um, I think a lot of the people who were involved in the youth group, like the adults, I think a lot of them, because I, I think a lot of them really did have good intentions um, and that, that they truly believed what they were teaching. Um, as for my former youth pastor, um, it's not that I'm angry. I think he's a horrible person. Um, there were several conversations that were had. I was, I, um, I am a loud woman and we were taught to be meek and mild and, you know, you have to be Proverbs 31 and all of these things and things that I am not. I have opinions. I have questions. I am who I am. I'm sarcastic. I'm witty. I always have been. It's just my personality. Um, And I, there were just several instances in which my youth pastor took the opportunity to single me out and make me feel bad about myself. I was told that my sarcasm was a personality flaw. Um, I was told that I was a bad example for my friends Um, I was told, I was called a stumbling block all the time. I remember one time we were at a pool party for the youth group and I was wearing a black one piece bathing suit and nothing was showing a black one piece bathing suit and all the other girls, cause we were allowed to wear one pieces. All of the other girls were in one pieces too. I was pulled aside and singled out and told that I needed to put a t-shirt on over my bathing suit in order to swim. Um, and none of the other girls were, I just, and it was, I was a kid who didn't have a good relationship with my dad. And so I really sought that male approval and my youth pastor was, you know, a male in authority. And 
it really, really messed with me for a long time that he just couldn't stand me. And now I realize, you know, you love me or you hate me, I don't care. But as a teenager in this youth group trying, because I really, I took the Jesus thing to heart. I really, I, I genuinely took it to heart. And I really thought that that was the path. Like I wanted to be a missionary. I wanted to move to a foreign country and tell people about Jesus. Like that was what I wanted to do with my life. So it was really hard for me that I was, and he had very clear favorites. There was just a level of favoritism. And there was also a lot of like, they would hear about something that happened and then there would be a sermon tied to it immediately. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and the thing that makes me sad is my former youth pastor has daughters. And even to this day, um, you know, because social media, it's easy to find anybody. He still on his daughter's 13th birthday will take them and give them a purity ring. And I just think that's so disgusting because he I feel like that's giving the message of like. I I just I think a, a woman should decide what she wants to do with her body and when and obviously like be educated and make smart decisions and don't put yourself in, you know, horrible situations. But I still, it makes me sick that he is still pushing that purity culture agenda on his own daughters, knowing how many, you know, how many women have spoken out over the last 10 to 15 years, you know, all over social media, all over the internet about how harmful purity culture has been um, and the ways in which it's harmed them. And it just, makes me sad that he is still yeah. pushing that on his own daughters. You know, as you say that, I haven't seen studies, but it seems gut level that, yeah, I bet you could find some stuff where people have been just pressured in that way. And the purity thing, of course, there were, there, there was a time when there were purists and, and, and it's, it's, it's been out there, I think a long time. And, or the holiness church, right? You know, and, and how they just become, they just everything. Well, and even in, so even in, well, in Hinduism, there's a, 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 a sect or a, a part of them where they will brush, brush the uh, bricks in front of them so they don't step on a, an insect and kill it. So it's like they take the extreme. It's like a good thing, right? Like you say, be healthy, you know, and, but but they take it to a point that it just becomes it, it's it's well it's unrealistic it's not human right and so and then the problem becomes here's and then here's the other thing if I were a, 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 a father or something is if if my daughter let's say she fell in love and something happened and and there was one night and and she made love with her boyfriend and then how does she go to church then you know because she's 17 and she's got to keep going to church. She's 18, 19 years old. And, and they're, and they're talking like that. I think, God, that would be so hurtful for me as a father. And, and, and I would just think there's something, there's something just not healthy about that. But here again, uh, I was in all that and, you know, I taught Sunday school and stuff. I don't remember being like, uh, I don't, I hope I wasn't like super, but I was like you, Sarah. I was like, I was in it hundred percent. I was, well, one thing John Luke knows about me. I, one time I, for 17 years in a row, I read my Bible front to back because I wanted to know, I, I want, I genuinely wanted to understand God's word and, and I was whole heart into it. And, uh, 
uh, and then I went to Bible college, like you said, you went to. In fact, I have the college that I went and got my bachelor's and master's in. It's a Christian university, and uh, and uh, and this course, of course, they taught all that. But but yeah, it's a it's a curious thing. Since then, I have kind of fallen away from the idea of Christianity being true. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where we're we're all. But I still think there's a God. Anyway, um, John Luke, do you have any comments before I just keep going on? <laughs> Sometimes I do. <laughs> uh, no, I've, I've, I really find that interesting. I didn't really understand that that, that was uh, a whole movement that was going on. I thought that was just mm-hmm. kind of the, the way church had always been. Because it was sort of like that when I was a kid, but not nearly to that intense level. You know, they more like, and when I was going to church, they didn't talk about it that much. Everybody was just supposed to know that mm-hmm. you weren't supposed to have sex because that was that was bad. You know, then you're supposed to wait till you got married. Of course, everybody was having sex except me because I was such a nerd. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't I didn't have to worry about that for a long time. Uh, but but it's such I didn't realize it was such a big deal as what you're talking about. Well, and like the worst part of it really is like, okay, so we're teenagers and they're teaching us all of these purity things. We're supposed to keep our minds pure. Like we are just not supposed to think about sex or our sexuality at all. And then we're taught when you get married as a woman, your main role is to satisfy your husband's physical needs. But we have spent all of these years suppressing ourselves and putting that out of our minds. And then all of a sudden we get married and now we're just supposed to switch into this completely different mode where now it's our responsibility. It's always been our responsibility to make sure that nobody's lusting after us. But now that we're married, it's our responsibility to make sure that this man's physical needs are met all the time. And it was just for so many of my friends. And I'm grateful that I was able to walk away out. I got out of church. I got out of that and I established a relationship and I figured that out. Um, But I had so many friends who waited until they were married. And then it was like, all of a sudden, all these expectations were on them that had never been on them before. And they didn't even know how to meet those needs. They didn't know how to fulfill those expectations because they'd spent their whole life suppressing their sexuality. And now all of a sudden, it's supposed to just be able to come out because they're married, but they've had all of this psychological damage done to them and they've just had it beaten out of them. So I've had so many friends who their first marriages failed really quickly because they didn't know how to stop being pure. And, you know, they, they didn't know how to meet these expectations that this whole new set of expectations that were set forth for them Um, and I've just, I've seen it. I'm grateful that it didn't harm my marriage, that it didn't harm my relationship. I'm grateful that I was able to kind of work through it. And I think it was really because I got out of it and I, I, I really kind of figured out it was all a crock, um, and that I didn't believe in any of it because I, my husband did not grow up in church. My husband is not a Christian, has never been a Christian. Um, and 
he's, you know, we were also taught, you know, if you married a man that wasn't a Christian, he would never be good to you. He would be horrible to you. And my husband's the most wonderful person and has always been nothing but wonderful to me. Um, so he's been very patient as I worked through those things because he doesn't understand it because he didn't live it. Um, but I'm grateful that I didn't marry a man in the church because I would have had this man who has been taught that as a man, it's owed to him by his wife, you know, and I'm just, I'm grateful that I, I'm grateful I didn't marry a Christian. Um, That's interesting. One thing I, as I'm thinking, I hear in your, your, your talking um is like i don't know do you have any thought or any burden to like say there's a lot of other girls out there like me and young girls and i maybe they need to talk to somebody about this and 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 i don't know if maybe there's maybe that's because john luke and i feel like that's what we're doing right it's like all these people who had all those heavy heavy burdens and chains. This is someplace you can come and talk about it. Anyway. Yeah. I, what, what we have done is we've been each other's therapists because we both grew up in the church. I, I didn't, I, from the time I was a teenager, I started thinking, I don't believe this, but I don't want to tell anybody that I don't believe it. So I basically mm-hmm. hid and kept my mouth shut except for a few close friends. And, you know, I went to that. I went to a, like a Methodist church mostly growing up and then went to this, Southern Baptist Church with my wife. And I sat there in that church for 30-something years and was miserable. I liked the Sunday school. I liked the people. But the church services I always hated. So he was he was asking you, do you think there's a place for for you to uh, share this message with other young women to help them not go through what you went through? I do. And I think really like a lot of it just boils down to teaching girls that it's okay to love yourself. The church taught me and teaches so many of us that self-love is something that's wrong. But when you love yourself, you know, and that doesn't make sense to me because the Bible says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Why wouldn't God want us to love ourselves? Because if we aren't loving ourselves well, we can't love our neighbor well. So self-love with self and also too with self-love comes self-respect you're not going to give your body away if you love yourself and you respect yourself and i think we've got to teach girls discernment and realize that hey not everybody has your best interest at heart and there are people out there who will take advantage of you but there are also people out there who won't take advantage of you and we've got to teach people teach girls how to have that discernment And how to, you know, that it's okay to love yourself and that saving yourself for the right person is a good thing because you want to save yourself for somebody who's going to love you and value you. And I think it's just, we've got to paint it in a picture that's like, hey, you're worth so much more then some people are going to tell you your worth and you've got to know your worth. And when you know your worth, you're going to make better decisions for yourself. Well, that, that could actually be, a, we, I, I've emailed you some of the Grace Mont principles, the things that we've talked about making our church, our platform, but that could be one of them is you, you know, if you're a, if you're a girl, you don't necessarily have to remain pure, but you should, have discernment and not just share yourself with anybody because guys will, they, they still are, are crap. You know, they don't care. Nobody's ever taught them 
to not be crap. They need to be taught. The guys need to be taught. And the women need to be taught that they don't have to put out just because some guy wants them to. They, they should only do that if they really want to and then thinks it's good for them. And also on that same side of the coin to teach girls that there's nothing wrong with their sexuality. Your sexuality is nothing to be afraid of. And that, you know, there's a time and a place for that. You know, when you're in high school, you can't make those decisions. You don't, you know, your brain is not developed to make heavy life decisions. But I think that a whole generation of girls has been shamed out of their sexuality. And it's a, it's sad because I know a lot of women that have really had to try to figure that out and they feel wrong for it, even though it's an innate part of who we are as people. So I just think to teach women like, hey, your sexuality is okay and it's normal and you can you can use your discernment to decide what's right for you. It's not the job of a man in a pulpit to tell you what's right or wrong for you. It's up to you to decide what's right or wrong for you. Excellent. I like that. I do too. And so it, it, what you're saying is very well structured to the point it makes me think, is there some source of, are you reading books or is there somebody who is helping you? I, I agree with you 100%. She's really damn smart. <laughs> A lot of years of deep reflection and just really diving deep into myself. Okay. Because it sounds, I think it's dead on. And it's, and it's, it's some stuff that I am delving into. Uh, so it, uh, it's called, I, I think I sent this to you, John Luke. It's called the secret. It's about, I don't know. Have you ever seen that video? You should watch that video, Sarah. I've it's on it. prime. You have seen it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that I was going to say that's, and I'm kind of, I'm stepping into that now. And I, I buy a lot of that stuff, but it's, that's what it was reminding me of is that a lot of the, just the value you're, you're speaking of, but it's not exactly like that. It's just, that's good. Good for you. Good on you. As they well, say, Sarah, give us a quick version of what this is. He's talking about the secret. What is it? Um, so it has to do with the law of attraction, right? That's what you're talking about. Yep. Exactly. Um, so, and it even, so the law of attraction is basically like what you believe is going to come to fruition. If I believe that my life is going to be terrible, then my life is going to be terrible. But if I believe that my life is going to be great, my life is going to be great. You know, like attracts like, um, and it's really, it even talks about it in the Bible, you know, praying things into existence. It's yeah, the same thing it, that it is does. spoken in the Bible. Right. Um, and a lot of people will call that, you know, they call it law of attraction or manifesting. A lot right. of Christians will call it, you know, like praying in the name of Jesus, because when you pray in the name right. of Jesus, there's power in that. Praying as if you already had it. Right. Another scripture. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so it's funny because the Christians are doing the same thing, but they're calling everyone else who's doing it new age just because it has a yeah. different name on it. But you're the type of person that you are and you know, it kind of, and I'm not really, I don't, it's been a while since I've seen the secret. Yes, but this yes, is something yes. that you, you remember a bunch of it that yeah. I, well, and this you is something it. that I personally believe, but I think yeah. everybody, you know, 
has their own energy. You know, you meet somebody and you can, either, sometimes you meet somebody and you're like, oh man, I really like this person immediately. I just like their energy. Or sometimes their energy is off-putting. I feel like yeah. the energy, your energy is going to attract people whose energy is similar as yours. Um, and it's, you know, it gets into the whole, like, um, everybody vibrates on a different frequency and you know everything is energy essentially everything is energy so energy can't ever be killed it just is transferred so i believe like when you die your physical body is dead but like the energy the essence that makes you you never goes away um and i think sometimes you can just feel somebody else's energy too and it's just yeah i believe that like attracts like so if you're a crap bag you're gonna attract people who are also crap bags but if you're really somebody who's trying to be a good human you're going to attend to track attract other people who are trying to be good humans i like that yeah and so i i i do not want to say i have that mastered but i have been stepping into that you do not I do not have that matter. I'm just, yeah. I'm just giving you a hard time. Hey, so I, 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 if I, let me take three minutes and I, so Maybe. I have a devotion I need to do in the morning. Okay. And, and, and I'm doing a devotion on this, this movie secret. Uh, and so here's one thing they talked about. And so I'm going to try, I'm going to, I'm going to put it on you and see what you think. Okay. So it tells us to be grateful, right? We're supposed to be grateful. So I say, okay, I'm grateful for, thank you, Lord, for my house. Thank you, Lord, for my car. Thank you for my job. Amen. And I say, okay, I check the box. Is that, and then I think, is that really being grateful? Because that, that's like the number one key is being grateful. So what I, I'm going to use the uh, analogy of when I was 16 and I had my first car, I was grateful for that car in that I was polishing that dude. I was, I mean, I was at the store trying to find some gear shift knob to put on that thing. I mean, I was all the time waxing it, washing it, driving it. I, that's appreciation. That is appreciation. And because of that, and, and so like, you didn't have to get me out of bed in the morning and say, you need to go down to the auto shop and look for some muffler tips today. I was up, I was there. I was, you know, I looked all of, I did all the research. I loved it, man. It, it brought me joy. Having that grateful attitude brought me joy. And because of that, I made more time for what I was grateful for, and it grew in my life. And so the, one of the rules is what you're grateful for expands. And, and that's kind of an example of that is where when I was so grateful about that car, man, I, and, it, it just, and it brought me such joy, right? that I made a point to, to expand that. Anyway, that's one of the lessons that I learned from, and, I, I, and I've and i been a Christian my whole life, 60 years, and I never thought about it like that before. It just, it was hocus pocus to me, is be grateful and, and then somewhere in the back corners of time, God blesses you randomly here and there. And, but it's more like we control our, and that's, I think another thing it talks about is like, we, we control our destiny. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so that was my three minute. Thank you. So that, so there's a little bit of karma in that too from from Hinduism. You know, Hinduism, Buddhism. There's a little bit of karma. You know, the things you do turns out to be the things that happen to you later in life. Though the good you do good things, 
good things happen to you later or in the next life. Yeah, and, and you know that, John Luke, because, and I think you would know, Sarah, he's very generous. I mean, super generous guy. People she love him. That. Oh, she doesn't. <laughs> yes, he is. She just she thinks I'm very... a smart ass. Okay. No, I think no. you're a good human. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and helping people, and all, he's helped a lot of people. But anyway, but here, what I was going to say, and then is like, car, we call it karma because we don't understand it. I think and it, it's like, it's like spiritual, you call spiritual what you can't prove scientifically. <laughs> There's something about that that truly works. Someday we'll have the science behind it and we'll, we'll, we'll be able to explain it. But right now we call it, it's a spiritual law or something. Be grateful and God will bless you but I, it's it's like that it's like part of that is there, there's something very just very real and easy to understand it's like how some of this stuff works and so i so i yeah i'm buying into that movie that secret thing so but anyway what you were talking about i was like gosh it sounds like that anyway you were saying sarah you had some more commentary on that I have, yeah, so in really even before I saw The Secret and really kind of, so when I was in college, um, my sophomore year of college, I took a religions class, a world religions class, and learned about um, Buddhism and Hinduism and Islam and, you know, Taoism and Judaism and all these other religions. Um, and what I realized was that if I really sat down and look, looked objectively, if I took what I'd been taught my whole life out of it and I just looked at, at it with my scientific mind, I realized that there are so many similarities in all of those religions. And I came to the realization because another issue that I had with Christianity was that I couldn't believe that a loving God would send people to eternal damnation just because they believed the wrong thing. I couldn't believe that only my religion was correct. And so, you know, I started to study these different religions and I don't, I don't necessarily, I think that as humans, we have put God or divine source or whatever you want to call it into a box because we're humans and that's what we want to do. We want to put things into a box so that we can understand it. But I think that God is too big for our human box. And I really truly believe that if you are seeking God, if you are seeking goodness, that all paths, if you are genuinely on that path, trying to seek goodness and, you know, trying to, you know, connect with that divine source, I really truly believe that all paths lead to God. If you're trying to find God, you're going to find him, no matter if you're Jewish or Muslim or Buddhist or Hindu or whatever you want to label it. I think if you are earnestly seeking God, you're going to find him. That may be correct. You know what? What I've, what I'm seeing though, is all of these paths, which you know, the religions you're talking about, they are all boxed in fifteen hundred to four thousand year old boxes, mm -hmm. which I think is a real problem. We're supposed to, in this day and time, to believe all the stuff that was supposedly written so many years ago, or so, or supposedly said by one dude, and it's always a guy. There are no women in those Never. in those thousands of year old boxes. They were always outside the box. But now we're talking about starting something new. I mean, there have been plenty of people start something new, but it should be a box from our time 
that we're putting people in. And it should be a, a box that's porous with ideas that can flow in and out, not just you have to believe this or you're going to hell. What, one, one thing I've learned recently, I've read the Quran a little bit. Those guys, that's, that's as bad as the Southern Baptists with their hellfire and damnation. You only have to read a little bit of the Quran to find six times where it says, if you don't believe this, you're going to hell, you're going to burn in hell. That's, I don't want to, I don't want to follow a religion that tells you that because I don't even, I don't believe in hell. and I'm not gonna, it doesn't make, just like you said, it doesn't make any sense that there's a hell. What God would come up with that? That's dumb. What, who would come up with that? People who are trying to influence you Mm -hmm. and scare you into doing something. Control, right. All about control. Yeah. I think that religion is used as a means to, means to control people. Truly. Yeah, oh, that's exactly. what that's what yeah. Marx said, right? The morphine of the of the masses. Oh yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Carl. And yeah, I think he was right about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well it, any other any other thoughts you is there anything else that you really wanted to talk about now that you've got the ear of our, our twelve listeners? <laughs> <laughs> we actually had like fifty the last time. <laughs> Or 60, anyway, what? Um, I just, you know, you don't have to check boxes to be a good person. I think if you try to leave this place and you leave people better than you found them, then you're going to be just fine. Just try to be a good human and try to raise good humans, you know, care about others, care about the environment and just try to leave this place and everyone you find better than you left, you found them. And you know who that sounds very much like, you know who that sounds a whole lot like Confucius. That's yeah. that was his basic yeah. message. What what were you gonna say? I was gonna Duke? say I'm just gonna I want you to be a part of Grace Mon. <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how that works. I don't know how that works. But when like because you're like minded, it's like we're we're like minded, and that's what we're kind of looking for is like like minded people who have some desire one desire to truly continue seeking God. But two, to like help with some of this, these things that hurt people, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that put a lot of pressure and guilt in their life. And I'm just going to say that I don't, I have no, I'm just going to say it. But Sarah, you're, that's not over. I mean, that's in your, I, and I'm saying that from my point because John Luke, I, I'm still scared of hell. <laughs> I mean, and I, I'm like, I don't, I don't. You know, there's a lot of things I understand. Like you say, why would God send me to hell? But that it's still in me because it got so deep because I was young and it got way down inside of me. The only thing I can do, I think, is like is like reach out to other people and just say, hey, you know, let's talk about this because I'm not sure you need to feel like that. But anyway, yeah, be a part of Grace Month. Pray about it. Pray about it. I know you pray. <laughs> so, Yeah. And then, uh, you know, out. lately it's, it's been more ranting at God, but you know, <laughs> prayers, ranting. That's okay. Sure. Ranting's okay. I think. Oh, so here's, here's the story that I had. Okay. That I, uh, so I was believing, 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 believing. And then I finally, I, I screamed at God. I, I, I was in a room and my life was not going like I thought it should. And I spent about an hour just screaming literally screaming at God, telling him I hated him. I don't believe you. How did you let me get here? And, uh, and, and, and I remember 
I, for like the next 10 days, I just thought walking down the street, a bus is going to come up on the curb and kill me and because <laughs> I, I have crossed that line. I've crossed that line. And after about 10 days, that was the time it was maybe about two weeks. I sat down and I was just, you know, I have, I've signed my ticket to hell and I just heard this not out loud in my spirit that I already knew, I already knew you're the one who just learned that, you know? And I think, like you say, Sarah, and I am with you, and I encourage you that if you seek God, you'll find him. I am on board with that 100%. I just think everything, even the Bible says that, those who seek him diligently will find him. And 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 we're, and and even and we think about Jesus. I mean, his whole mission was to wipe out religion because he saw he saw that the pain and 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 the hurt that religion was causing and how off base it was anyway um be a part be a part of our group think about it or something and maybe you could be on again or something and it would be it was fun yeah yeah Thank i've you. really enjoyed this this has been great talking to you guys Is, did you find it a little bit therapeutic it really was and you know i've never actually sat down and talked about this whole process with anybody before really um no not really i mean the little spur you know i kind of talk about it sometimes with people, you know, at work or whatever, but I've never really just like sat down and talked about it or told my story or told anybody really just about like my spiritual journey. There's people who need to hear that. Yeah. There's people in our city who need to hear that. So, you know, there's that. And plus you're, so. you're a natural born orator. No, ah. I, I thought, I, I just thought you, I really, I knew you were sharp. I knew you were smart ass. I knew you were, you were quick witted and I didn't want to challenge you in front of people because you might kick my ass. Um, but I did not realize just how bright you were. I mean, you, you, and, and how you were able to put together thoughts and, and words the way you can, which is, you do that very well. Well, thank I'm you. A, I appreciate I'm impressed. That. Yes. I'm impressive. Very kind. impressive. Impressive. Young uh -oh. lady. What'd I do? Oh, I switched throwing. Okay, well, I think I'm going to sign us off for now. Uh, this is Gracemont episode 41, and it was—I thought it was quite enlightening hearing about the uh, purity culture. And when Thank I never—I was—I was just starting practice during the 90s, and I was working really hard, and I, I was trying to figure out which end was up, and. Uh, <laughs> So I didn't even hear anything about, I didn't even know what purity culture was until you, you told me. So thank you for sharing that. And yeah, I think there's a lot of, me. well, you're welcome. I know there's a lot of young women who could benefit from hearing that. And so uh, I guess we'll, oh, oh yeah. If you want to connect with us, uh, I'm on Twitter or is what's now known as X. Uh, <laughs> Apostle John Luke with no spaces or anything. And you can email Apostle Duke at ad1 at gracemont.com. Email me. Ask okay. me a question. We're, we're still waiting for our first contact. It's like it's like <laughs> those people sitting on the top of the mountain with the great big radio towers and stuff waiting for first contact from outer space. But I, I just know it's going to happen. It is. I believe in you. It's a movement. <laughs> you can't stop it. You cannot stop Gracemont. It's a movement. All right. Well, I'm going to stop it for tonight. Good night, everybody. Good night. Uh, Good night. Bye.